Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is the podcast Women and Mythology, and I'm your host, Maria. Today, I'll tell you a very well-known fairy tale, the story of Bluebeard. This is actually one of my favorite stories, maybe because it reminds me of the fairy tales I heard when I was growing up, but now it's interpreted in a very different way. So let's just get down to it. There is a hink of beard kept in the convent of the white nuns in the far mountain. No one knows how this beard came to be in the convent. Some say it was because the nuns were the only one who dared to touch the man who held that beard. The beard is indigo blue, blue like a dark lake. And I know of this because a friend of my friend has seen it herself. It is said that this beard belonged to a fail magician, a giant man who had an eye for women. His name was Bluebeard. It was that Bluebeard courted three sisters. Every time he came, the sisters would hide. They thought this man was very strange, that because his beard was blue, he was not to be trusted. They felt something was odd about him. So in an effort to convince them of his geniality, he decides to invite these women to a picnic. So he arrives at their home with beautiful, strong horses, and they agree to go. Even their mother joined the picnic. And together they all ride to the forest, and they lay this beautiful, gorgeous feast under a huge tree. There, Bluebeard offers these girls dainty treats and tells them the most alluring stories. The sisters began to think, well, perhaps this man, Bluebeard, is not so bad after all. We had such a good time. It was such a great day. You know, maybe he's not so bad. But then when they return home, the two older sisters, they come to their senses and they say, no, 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 there is something wrong. We cannot forget. Um, we swear not to see him again. But the younger sister, she starts to persuade herself. She says, if a man is that charming, how bad can he actually be? And the more she talks to herself, the less blue his beard seemed to her. So when Bluebeard asked her to marry, she accepts the proposal. She feels she gave great thought to it, and she decides to accept. They marry, and after, they rode off to his castle in the woods. One day, he comes to her and says, I must go away for a, a time, wife. Invite your family here if you like. You may ride in the woods with the horses, charge the cooks to set a feast. You may do anything you like, anything your heart desires. In fact, here is my ring of keys. You may open any and every door to the storerooms, the money rooms, any door in the castle. But this little tiny tea, the one with the scroll work on the top, you may not use. Do you understand me, wife? And his bride replies, yes, I will do as you ask. It all sounds very fine. So go, go, my dear husband, and do not worry, and come back soon. 
So off Bluebeard rides into the forest, and the young sister invites her older sisters over. And when the older sister arrives, as all souls are, they're very curious. They want to know how is the married life of their younger sister. They want to know all about the castle, all about Bluebeard, everything. They ask what's going on, and the young sister says, "Well." Everything is going great. Actually, my husband told me that I can do anything I want. Like I can go in any room. He even gave me his set of keys. Check it out. However, he said to me that I cannot go into the room where this little key belongs to. The older sisters, which are older, look at that and think, "Hmm, that's interesting. Let's make a game out of it." Let's open every door in the castle until we find the door that this little key belongs to. So off they go, and the castle is very, very big. It has a hundred rooms on each wing, three floors high. But there they start opening, and they open one room, and behind it's the game and all the food that is stored for the winter, and they are mesmerized by it. The other room they open is the money rooms, and they are also again mesmerized by the amount of wealth this man has. And then finally, after they opened all the doors of the castle, they start thinking to themselves, "Well, what do we do now? There's no door for this little key." They get puzzled by it, and then finally they say, "Well, maybe this key doesn't fit." Anything at all, and suddenly they hear a sound, a and they peek just around to the corner where they are at. Lo and behold, there is a small door just closing. When they try to open it again, it was firmly locked. So one sister says, "Sister, sister, bring your key. It must be this door." So the sister brings her key, and the door opens. It was so dark inside they couldn't see. So the sister says, "Sister, sister, bring a candle." So a candle is lit, and it is brought inside the room. And suddenly the girl starts screaming because what they see is a room covered in blood, with corpses and a pyramid of skulls, just like apples. The sisters get very, very nervous. They close the door, horrified. Trying to grasp for air, my God, my God, my God! The younger sister, the bride, she looks down at the little key and she sees that it's stained with blood. She grabs this her skirt and tries to wipe it clean, but the blood continues to stay there. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! She thinks, and each sister grabs the tiny key in her hands and try to make it as it once was. Tries to clean it, but the blood remains. So the wife puts the key in her pocket and runs to the kitchen. When she arrives there, her dress, from pocket to hem, is covered in blood. She asks the cook quickly, "Give me some horsehair," and she tries to clean the key, but it does not stop bleeding. She takes the key outside and she presses ashes from the oven into the key to try to stop the bleeding, but it does not stop. She lays cobweb over. To try to staunch the flow, but nothing could make the weeping blood subside. 
Oh, what am I to do? She cries. She thinks, Oh my God, I don't know what I can do. Well, you know what? I think I know. I'll put the little key in my wardrobe. I'll close the door. This is a bad dream. It will all be all right. This is what she says to herself. So she puts the, the key on the top of her wardrobe and she goes to sleep. The very next morning, her husband arrives. First thing the husband asks is, how's everything since I've been gone? Is everything okay? And she says, yes, it's all very fine, sir. Don't worry about it. All good. And he asks, how are my storerooms? Very fine, sir, she answers. How are my money rooms? He growled. And she says, the money rooms are also fine, sir. So everything is good, wife? He asks, yes, everything is good. Nothing to worry. Well, he whispered, so then you better return my keys. With a glance, as she lifts the ring of keys back to him, he sees that the little key is missing and he asks, where is the smallest key? And she's like, mm, 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 I lost it. Yes, yes, I lost it. I was out riding and the key ring fell down and I must have lost a key. Bluebeard doesn't believe her. So he firmly asks, what have you done with it, woman? I, I, I don't remember. She tries to get out of that situation. Don't lie to me. Tell me what you did with that key, he insists. He puts his hand to caress her face, but suddenly he grabs her from the hair and he starts pushing her and throws her in her room. And he screams, you infidel, you've been to the room, haven't you? And then as if he knew, he goes to the wardrobe, he opens it and he picks up the key. All her dresses are covered in blood inside her closet. He says, now it's your turn, my lady. You will join all my previous wives in that room. And he starts dragging her down to the cellar. And as he arrives there, the door just opens to him. He doesn't even need to use the key. There, the young woman has a moment of insight and says, no, please, please, please wait. Give me a quarter of an hour before you take my life so I can make peace with God. Let me prepare for my death. All right, he says, you have a quarter of an hour, but be ready, he warns her. So the wife raced up to the stairs to her chamber and kneels down, pretending she's going to pray. But instead, she calls, sister, sisters, do you see my brothers coming? And the sisters say, we see nothing, nothing on the open plains. Every few moments, the young bride, who's terrified for her death, says, sister, sisters, do you see our brothers coming? And now the sisters answer, we see a whirlwind, perhaps a dust devil in the distance. Meanwhile, Bluebeard roars for his wife to come to the cellar so he can behead her. Again, she calls out, sister, sister, do you see our brothers coming? Bluebeard is shouting for his wife. He's starting to come up the stairs. She can hear him in the hallway. And the sister says, yes, 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 we see our brothers coming. They are here. They just entered the castle. As Bluebeard is coming down the hall to the wife's bedroom, the brothers enter by horseback and with their swords, 
They advance upon Bluebeard, striking, slashing, cutting, and whipping, beating Bluebeard down to the ground, killing him at last, and leaving for the buzzard his blood and gristle. This is the story of Bluebeard. Quite an intense story, different one from our previous La Loba story. Still a very, very rich story about losing naivety, going through one of the first initiation of a woman's life, understanding the predator exists. In our next episode, I'll interpret some of the symbols and elements of this story. Until then, I invite you to reflect, who is Bluebeard in your inner world, in your psyche, or in your outer world? I hope you enjoyed this story. And I invite you to connect with me on Instagram at Women and Mythology or my website, womenandmythology.com. Wishing you the curious nature of the older sisters. <laughs>